Alright, hello everybody. Welcome to a special episode of Flippin' Orbs. I'm here with uh, Dom, Lord Dom, uh, at the Map Room in Chicago. We just had our first annual Beef Bash yesterday, um, yeah. and it went pretty good. Um, but we just, I just wanted to get, me and Gordon weren't able to record anything this week uh, because of the time zone difference and just schedule and conflict, so I wanted to see if we could get together with Dom and we're able to do so. So this should be about 45 minutes or so of just talking and getting to know him and um, just about old school. So um, Dom, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Grant. It's uh, quite a pleasure. Hey, Gordon, how's it going, buddy? Um, <laughs> I don't know if we're going to get into the four Maze of Iths or Undersecret yeah. Black Vice, but I don't think we really need to. It's yeah. just different. Um, yeah. yeah. But first question is, well, how? You getting into old school? I know we kind of got a little bit. If you listen to the uh, Tusk Talk podcast, yeah. you kind of got a little bit of a taste of it with Danny. But I wanted to get your side of how you got into old school yeah. and moving around as well. Yeah. So, by the way, we're recording here from a bar. We're in Map Room, boys uh, Shane and Nathan and Carter over there playing right now, and we're just we're recording. And this is kind of what the Chicago scene's about. We like to. It's it's pretty loose. We like to have a good time. So we're here in the we're here we're here in the Map Room, and. Uh, yeah, so um, old school, that's how to get involved in old school. So uh, it was in the spring of 2014, which is not that long ago, uh, I went to a vintage tournament with Anthony Kalara and Shane Simmons. And some people there, I didn't really know Jacob and Danny at that point, although I think they were there. Uh, some people were talking about old school, uh, 93, 94. And what I don't remember much about that conversation, except somebody said something like, uh, uh, Jade Statue is an amazing card in this format. And I, I was incredulous. I thought that was pretty ridiculous. Um, but in the car ride back from this vintage tournament, Anthony was driving, and Anthony and Shane were talking about it. And, and they were stoked on it. They were th saying things like, oh, man, Blood Moon is legal in this format. And, you know, all, just talking about it and, and, and mulling it over and thinking, well, man, we... There's no fetch land, so we're going to need four of every duel, you know. And I thought, I was sitting in the back of the car thinking, this is absolutely ridiculous. This, this, you're talking about a card pool of maybe a thousand cards, and it's about a thousand cards. And you're talking about very, very expensive cards. I'm going to need four of every duel, right? And you just picked up your duels. I had no not duels. Too. I had nothing. Well, but, I mean, but you just picked up number 40, though, right? Not too long ago. Not too long ago. So but yeah, at this you. point, spring of 2014, I had nothing. No power, no duels, nothing. I don't. Nathan's saying I had duels for Commander. Uh, I don't think I did. Plateau, man. Maybe I had a plateau. It's possible I had a plateau. Um, yeah, so I basically had nothing at that time. I didn't play Legacy or anything. I was playing Modern. I mean, the only reason I was at the Vintage Tournament was because it was like 15 proxies or something, you know. So, so, you know, I had nothing. I was a total scrub. And I'm in the back of the car while Anthony and Shane are talking about this format. I'm thinking this is absolutely the most ridiculous thing ever, right? I mean, this... It's talking about a lot of money. You're going to spend a lot of money on a format that's going to get extremely stale. So I didn't, I, I didn't say much about it, even though Shane was really encouraging me to get into it. And I think they finally built a deck. Probably took them a month or something to build decks. And it's pretty good because when I met you, yeah. I built a shitty mono green CE deck, <laughs> yeah. and it was not very good. But it was still fun. All of our decks in the beginning were pretty bad. And I remember being at the card shop and watching Anthony and Shane play for the first time. And I remember there were Kurt Apes and Icy Manipulators tapping down Kurt Apes, and there was all this interaction. And 
immediately I thought, this is the most, this is awesome, this is incredible. So I started thinking about old school. How do I get involved in old school? So I didn't have any power, didn't have any duels. And I started thinking, okay, well, what's the most powerful thing that I can build without anything? And I looked through the card, through the card base a bunch of times, and I came across Sylvan Library, which is green, it's my favorite color, and it's incredibly powerful. Um, one of the best green cards. One of the best, best green cards. And I thought, man, I can play as many of these as I want, awesome. And I came across Lantex, and it's like, okay, this, this card is obviously busted, you know, drawing you three cards a, three cards a turn. So that, okay. What can I do with Lantax and Sylvan Library? So I did a little bit of research online. I looked around. Jayco had written a, this was back before there were really any kind of, there were a couple of deck lists on um, Magnus's blog, uh, but you know there wasn't a whole lot, especially for Lantax combo. And Jayco had a, had a short article on Eternal Central. So I looked at that stuff, but I wanted to play green for Sylvan Library. So I started putting a deck together that was just four land taxes, four ivory towers, three sylvan libraries, and those, you know, they all have synergies together. You've got the, the ivory towers allow you to draw extra cards of the sylvan libraries. The land taxes give you shuffles with the sylvan libraries, so you're pondering every turn. And the land taxes also load up this, the ivory towers so that you can keep drawing, drawing cards with sylvan library. So I put this deck together and I slowly started tuning it, and this was my first sort of unpowered unpowered deck um, and I think that's what I played at our very first tournament this was back before the lords were the lords we put together an event um, at one of the one of the card shops uh, MTG card market which is a, a pretty large ven vendor and um, at this uh, event we we uh, everybody brought it was BYOB uh, oh, that's when the shop still used to be BYOB. Yeah, so they let us. I keep... remember that because I would. I don't think I was playing mad or old school at the time, but I remember showing up with some beers and some and, and a flask and stuff for like EDH night. But yeah, I didn't. I wasn't playing then, but I remember when that shop was BYOB. So yeah. yeah, yeah, they didn't mind us having a little bit of liquor if it was on the down low. If it, you know, if people, you know, if you just kept on the down low, it wasn't a big deal. Well, for this tournament, everyone brought booze, and then <laughs> we filled up an entire table just with cases of beer, bottles of Jack Daniels. It was just absolutely insane. And the, the store owners were like, uh, you need to hide this. You need to get this out of the store. <laughs> anyway, um, for that tournament, I think Greg Krager came down from Detroit, um, and he was playing like a mono-brown workshops Urzatron land deck. And he took first, crushed everybody, but we were all completely toasted. We just got just wrecked which was it was a lot of fun that was our first event but the card store said we couldn't have events there anymore <laughs> so so um yeah so that's when we started uh thinking about having events elsewhere i think the i think our second event was actually at jaco's jaco's place um jaco's back cave but anyway so that's how we got started um and very slowly i started accumulating things that i needed uh, i started with a, mo a ce mox emerald you know, CE, CE Mox Pearl and so on. And I started with that stuff. And uh, I got a library of Alexandria. That was a big step for me. And then I, it just kind of snowballed. And then eventually, you know, bought my bought a set of unlimited power and bought a set of 40 unlimited duels. And You, you didn't buy the power at the same time, right? No, no, not at once. It took me three years to accumulate it all. But, I mean, I went deep on old school, right? I don't even play vintage. Right? I, don't, I don't care about vintage at all. 
but I bought the power just to play old school. So yeah, I mean, I think part of what happened here in Chicago um, is that there was a really a gelling of community, right? The, I, mean, the, I saw the tw- we just had our, the the beef bash, and I didn't even realize that we almost raised five hundred dollars, which is insane. Right. It's, I made me so happy that yeah. we were able to do that. And it just kind of goes to show how good the community is here. Right. So those, wow. of you, those of you that don't know, Lords of the Pit, when we have events, they're all charity events. We try and pick a charity and raise some money. And we're trying to set, set an example for other clubs around the U.S., you know, trying to get people together and, and recognize that there's, like, a lot of facets to old-school culture, not just, like... I mean, playing the, cool, the old cards is cool, but it's also about... I think for me, it's more about um, finding people who get the joke. You know, if you're at a large GP and you talk about old school, people think, "Wow, that sounds really stupid," right? Or like, you know, people that are really spiky, or uh, you know, they just they just don't they don't get the joke. Right? And when I, I remember when I first picked up CE Power, I was flipping through my binder because I was trying to trade away all the new stuff and just get rid of all this new bordered crap because I wasn't going to play anymore. Yeah. And some guy was like, "Oh, is that real power?" I'm like, "No, it's CE, but I'm playing old school." He's like, oh, so you just have shitty, not real cards. And I'm like, no, they're, 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 no, I'm using them for what I want to use. And it just went right over his head of like what it was, what they were for. And I was like, whatever. I don't, I'm not playing modern. Yeah. So screw yourself, but whatever. Yeah, I think the, the, the the path of discovery for me was kind of interesting because when I was a kid, I played in, uh, I started in probably about 95, maybe late 94, early 95. So I didn't. You know, I never, I never even held a pack of unlimited. That just never happened for me. I was, we opened revised, we opened Ice Age, um, a ton, a ton of Fallen Empires. That was the kind of stuff that I had. Um, you know, my best deck when I was a kid was a mono red goblins deck, and you know that's just, and I had no sense of like deck building or anything like that. We just, we just played what we liked. My brother, my brother played mono black. You know, he didn't have Juzams or anything. It's like dark rituals and not expectors, and I can't remember what else is in there. But um, just the basic, the yeah. basic stuff that a kid would open and not and just play. Yeah, and honestly, so I'm 33, and so most of my recollection of playing Magic was like '97, right? So like, you know, I remember the rumors spells being like Deathstroke and stuff like that. So yeah. I don't, I don't really remember '94 very well. I remember some of the cards. I remember being on the bus in middle school and like some kid had a Juggernaut or something. I thought that was the coolest thing ever, you know. So um, I don't have the same nostalgia for the cards that a lot of people do, but I really found it really interesting because they were cards that I was aware of the lore about. You know, I'd heard about these cards, even though I didn't play with them as a kid, right? Um, you know, like Juzam Jin, right? I'd never never seen a Juzam Jin, never seen it in play, uh, but when I started seeing it playing old school, there was, um, there's, a, there's a little bit of, there's some glee involved in that discovery. Nostalgia. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not my nostalgia. It's not something from my childhood, but there's a sort of, there's an appreciation of the, of the antiques, right? So, yeah, so... So, yeah, that's sort of how I got involved in old school. And I think we had probably three or four tournaments before we started recognizing that there was a real community coming together. People were getting, people, people were getting invested. I mean, in my case, I was you know, buying, buying unlimited duels and buying unlimited power and trying to get, you know, just expanding my collection. And a lot of other people were doing the exact same and really exploring and trying to figure things out. And there was, it's also more than anything else, it was just a group of simpatico dudes, right, with similar goals, what they're trying to accomplish, right? Sometimes when you have a play group and there's like, most people are cool, but there's like one guy's a little bit annoying. It's just not the case in the Lords. Like, everybody's on the level. Yeah. Everybody has a good time. So, 
Yeah, so uh, at that point, there was, we sort of had a club at that point, but it wasn't, it wasn't fully articulated. And uh, yeah, Danny and I were in his living room one time, and we started you know, talking about how funny it would be if we all had motorcycle cuts. <laughs> I remember when I saw, well, that's the thing. So when I first met Danny, we kind of had a shared interest of punk, hardcore music, and like yeah. stuff like that. And I never would have thought to make like cool old school looking like punk metal like back patches. And then when he chatted in the group, and I was like, "Holy shit, that we gotta do it. That's perfect." Yeah, I mean, that's what I talk about when when I say you know get the joke right because like playing magic is the dumbest dorkiest thing ever, right? <laughs> and so when you equate it to like being a hardcore Hell's Angels motorcycle club, it's, there's a joke there, right? Yeah. And not everybody gets it, but the people who do, you know, are kind of the people on the same level with you and can appreciate the same things you do. Yeah, so that's how the Lords got together. So, yeah. so And it's been growing really fast. I mean, there's a lot of players. We, we, yesterday we had 22 players for like just kind of a slap together event, right? I mean, yeah. I mean, and we had people like last minute go, "Hey, we're gonna show up, or I'm coming. Yeah. Can I borrow a deck?" And that's the good thing is everyone has extra cards. Yeah. Like now, I just I'll, I'll be able to have White Weenie fully put together all the time yeah. and have another deck, yeah. which is which is gonna be nice. So if people do want to play or whatever, yeah, I have I have a deck I can lend out or play yeah. whatever I want, which yeah. is nice. You know, and the Midwest, the Midwest is it's not like Europe, right? I mean, there's it's the distances are humongous yeah. right I mean it, to, to drive from Ohio takes five hours you know and so when people are coming from Milwaukee or Madison or Ohio or Detroit or places like that it's a, it's a huge commitment for them to come and play with us you know driving five six hours and that's why we did one up in Madison which we you did, came yeah. to oh, yeah. and that one was a blast as well yeah. at Ross Collar um, and we yeah I mean and even for the one coming up in August, the Players Ball, we're having people from Detroit, yep. uh, Iowa. Some I of think the Atlanta guys are coming some up. Some of the Atlanta guys, and I think some, maybe some people, I think someone from Denver's coming. Yeah, I could think. Be. But we're going to have people coming states across to come play, old yeah. school, which is, we're, we've, we capped it out. We had 48 people. Yeah. We added 10 seats. Yeah. And then those got filled up within a month. And yeah. it's like, oh my goodness. Yeah, so those of you that are listening in the U.S., uh, we're gonna be having a, we're having a hopefully you know we're having a big players ball on August is like 28th is that right 26 26 that late, Saturday late weekend. August yeah. yeah you can find it on our yeah, yeah you can get all that information from it's on Eternal Central, Central yeah or yeah anyway this we're we're having it at Revolution Brewery we'd like to have even more players but we're kind of capped out they, on space they told us no more yeah like, so we're, like, we can't do any more yeah. unless I, or we have to run out probably the whole space which. Yeah. I'm so, not doing that. It, and that's the thing. I don't want to pay for a space because I would rather, if I'm going to put money towards anything, I'd rather donate it. Exactly. I don't want to pay for a space. Yeah. I'd but rather. I mean, Revolution, is, it's cool that they're hosting yeah. us. I mean, Revolution Brewery is a huge brewery in Chicago, and they're they're quintessentially Chicago, right? I mean, yeah. and they're, they're giving us space for 58 players. So we're going to have a good time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so if you're listening from the U.S., you should definitely come out. It's going to be a lot of fun. And the party's going to go for, like, two days, two straight days. So It's going to be a weekend. Yeah, of, be ready uh, for hanging it. Hanging out. So. Yeah. Yeah, when we went up to Madison, we went up to Madison in February, we rented out a bunch of hotel rooms, and oh, yeah. it got pretty wild. We had a good time. <laughs> getting super, The nuts. We were getting drunk, and then the, the lake that, that University of Wisconsin is on was frozen over, mm-hmm. so we were just taking breaks and going out to the lake and just falling on our asses and just eating it. Sleep slipping around. Oh, my goodness. I was like, yeah, it was... It was time. nuts. It was a good time. Yeah. Um, but, and then, 
So, and then you ended up going back out to school, out to the Bay Area. So tell me a little bit, a little bit about the transition from playing here with all the Lords and then going out to the Bay Area and meeting those, like Myth and right. Steve and all those good dudes that play right. out there. Okay. like even now you've got, I see photos on Twitter of you guys have almost like at least monthly meetups with some prize support and some yeah. stuff. So yeah, so um, it's growing and it looks healthy. So Matash. Matesh, um, he was out here in Chicago. He was he was one of the lords, and then he moved out to the Bay Area. To he got a job at Stanford, and then I remember seeing him coming and looking for vintage, and him wearing his scrubs, and I didn't know who he was at yeah, one point. And then he yeah. left. But. Yeah, yeah. So so he moved out there, um, and uh, I, I went about a year later, I think, or maybe six months later, something like that. And I was looking at this, trying to check out the the old school scene out there. I mean, Steve Menendez out in Oakland, um, Elliot Davidoff's in the city. And uh, so I tried to connect with those guys. I went to a couple events out in Oakland, see what was going on over there. Um, went to, I went to a couple events in, the, in San Francisco. Um, but anybody from the Bay Area knows it's like really hard to get around, especially right, right after work. So if you're meeting on a Thursday or something, you're trying to get from Palo Alto to Oakland, it's gonna take you two hours minimum with traffic. So it's kind of hard for those different communities to, to come together. But what I really wanted when I got out there was to try and do club building um, the way that I, the way that we had done in Chicago. You know, I put a lot of effort into trying to help build this community. You know, me and Shane and Danny, we spent a lot of time cons- help trying to construct this club and trying to promote it and try to, uh, to um, you know, get people excited about it and, and to be an example for other people that want to play old school um, in the U.S. And so... So when I went out there, I wanted to get involved in ambassadorship and try to try to bring people together. You know, I knew that there was players out there, and it's just a matter of getting people mobilized, mm-hmm. right? So um, I think I, the first thing I did was I met Fabien. Um, so Fabien Sanglard, I had messaged him uh, a couple years prior. He when he was living in he was so uh, so okay so he had been living in Toronto. And he had done, if you Google it, you can find that they had done a, a reenactment of the, the Zach Dolan, uh, uh, Bertrand Lestrie, uh, 1994 World Championships. World Championship so they had yeah. built, rebuilt the decks and then, and then had, gone, had uh, replayed it just, and then blogged about it. And, you know. and so I had come across it on the internet. And um, I had, before living in Chicago, I had lived in Toronto. But I wasn't, hadn't been involved in old school at that time. So I was going back to visit some friends, and I thought, you know what, I should do some ambassadorship and just kind of connect clubs, you know, so that we have some sort of connection between what's going on in Toronto. So I messaged Fabienne, and uh, their organization was basically defunct at that point. Um, uh, several of the members had had kids, and they're just not around anymore, and uh, Fabienne had moved to San Francisco. Um, so... That was the end of my communication with Fabian at that time. And then when I moved out to San Francisco, I, I hit him up. And he was working at Google. So I biked over to Google um, one afternoon. We had after work or something. Maybe it was a Saturday. I don't know. Um, and we played over, played over at Google. And I met Fabian and, um, and uh, Stephen Hines. And uh, so I met those guys. And slow. so there's a bunch of Google guys that play. And uh, I think it's sort of... Matesh showing up and me showing up and sort of providing some of the organization and the motivation started getting people to come out. And so we meet twice a month. So the Peninsula Group, which uh, we've just, we just voted on a club name, we're now the Guardian Beasts, the Beasts of the Bay. Ooh, 
Yeah, we got a we got um, we got a, we got our own logo and everything. It's pretty sweet. Um, so is that like? Are you still a lord or what is? I'm a I'm an emeritus lord. Right, right. I mean, I'm always going to be a lord. That's never going to change, Just right? A nomad. I'm committed to this club 100%. <laughs> yeah, but but it's very important. I still to like the, the Beast of the Bay. That's pretty damn good. Beast, beast of the Bay, yeah. So shout out to the beasts. Um, <laughs> so wait, yeah. where are the flying men out of? Or was that? Flying men, uh, flying men is Elliot Davidoff's crowd up in San Francisco. And we were part of them for a while. So you said, screw you, we're out. Well, you know, <laughs> there, there was some... There was some well, so the, the, that's... Part of, the thing, part of the thing about Bay Area is that there's some um, some people like unrestricted strip mine, some people like restricted strip mine. Um, you know, Steve Menendian, he's kind of a um, mad scientist, let's say. He likes to kind of try different things and so on. And so there's kind of some, a lot of discrepancy about what, uh, what we should be doing in the Bay Area. So there definitely wasn't any kind of consensus. And also, the groups, the play groups are kind of spread out. It's kind of hard to get from one place to the other. It's big. So, um, and what eventually happened is that um, all the guys in the peninsula where the beasts are based, you know, they were meeting, coming to our meetings, but not going to the San Francisco meetings. And the Oakland guys weren't coming to our meetings. We weren't going to the Oakland meetings. So it kind of made sense to break off and just have our own rule set because we have unrestricted strip mine and they, they don't. Um, so, so, you know, we still meet up, like we have uh, like larger events in the city and then, you know, it's sort of like Jets and Sharks, right? So like we all meet on neutral ground and, and play. Beast and flying then, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so Beast decided to split off, um, but yeah, no, no shade to uh, the flying men. If Elliot and his crowd, they are, uh, they are awesome hombres. Um, yeah, so... So we've been building it up, and there's a lot of interest. There's a lot of interest in the peninsula. I mean, we've got, you know, we meet bi-monthly, you know, every other every other Monday, and we get anywhere between eight and fourteen players, um, which is good for a burgeoning club. Yeah. You know, it's smaller by Lord standard, but um, you know. I think Chicago has such a strange. It just it just exploded. Mm-hmm. And I think the biggest thing though too is being able to use EC rules because. Yeah. I remember when Eric and Mike and Ray and all those other, some of the other dudes started coming and playing. They were all playing just like revised white border decks, like right. usually mono blue, mono black, mono whatever. Right. But they were still coming and playing, and then they were like, "Man, this is a really good time. I'm 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 really enjoying this." Yeah. So they were. I think it's just crazy to think that like we get we have weekly meetups with six to ten people weekly right and we play old school so right yeah you know Danny Danny talks about this quite a bit about the difference between the European environment and the American environment and it's different the metas are completely different yeah so. yeah but but also and and you know I like I like Sass and Gordon about this but um, you know there's a there's a sort of different um, we have sort of different values in terms of what we're trying to accomplish mm-hmm. and you know Danny makes this point a lot and it's, it's sort of not one's not better or worse than the other it's just you know the the Europeans have the very um, they they value the exclusiveness of it, right? Um, whereas for us, we have a much more egalitarian uh, approach. We want we want to get people involved. And we want them to be able to brew. And I think part of our philosophical approach is that you're going to have a more robust meta when people can build anything, mm-hmm. right? Because if you if you're only allowed to play unlimited, and again I'm not I'm not criticizing the European the, the European rule set. I'm saying that if you if you can just if if you have a very small base of cards, you can only play with, play those cards. You can expect that so and so is going to show up with mono black because that's the only deck they've got, or so and so is going to show up with the deck, or whatever whatever, whatever the case may be, or white weenie, or whatever the case yeah. might be. 
with um, when you allow, when you have a more relaxed, um, uh, you know, legality system for cards, people can show up with a lot of more varied decks, and it's a lot harder to plan for the meta. So, for example, you know, you talk about the deck being good, right? Well, if you try and bring the deck to an event and everybody's playing, like, Bizarre Zoo and White Weenie and, you know, Blue Red or whatever, right? You're, you, you know, you might win a couple games off the back of a of the abyss or moat, <coughs> coward. But um, <laughs> but you, you know you're not gonna you're not gonna go six zero. You're just not. It's not gonna happen. And I think that the fact that we've got these very very varied meta, people can just show up with whatever. And as such, you have to build a deck that's gonna be resilient to a lot of different things. You have you know. to be prepared. You have to be prepared. And and so I think that it does. Um, not only is it more varied because people can build more decks, it's also more varied because you have to build a deck which is. You know, not just attacking one or two decks. You have mm -hmm. to be so. And I think we only have one person that really plays the deck here, and that's Matt. Yeah, yeah I mean, it, it comes and goes. I think you've got. I, but honestly, I like Matt because he plays Sheevan Dragon in his deck, and I was, <laughs> I'm always into that. Yeah. So if you're gonna play a fatty on the top end of whatever you're gonna play, I'm into it. But I, yeah, I, I mean, I don't really. I didn't like. Yeah, we. I just we don't see a lot of it here, which is kind of nice. But at the same time, sprinkle it in, and it's totally cool. You yeah, know? yeah. It, it, and then that helps shape the meta as well. Yeah, but it's not. Because even for Eternal Central or Vegas was just weekend. Every I didn't first off, whoever played in Vegas old school, you need to take more pictures. That's like one of the best parts about old school <laughs> is that you take pictures of your decks, take some pictures of playing. I saw I saw Randy Bueller and one other dude yeah. post about some decks, and then that was it. Yeah. So you all got to step your game up. But also the two decks that I did see were the deck, and I was like, come on, like let me see some spice. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I but, mean, I, I do. I do think. Uh, that the deck is somewhat underplayed in the Chicago environment, partly because people, you know, people like to experiment and and play goofy stuff um, from time to time. Yeah. I mean, when we when we have a serious event, people show up with serious decks for sure. But um, like for example, yesterday we had Beef Bash, and the theme of that tournament was just play as much play as much beef in your deck as you can. Oh yeah. Um, 119. 112. So 112 was so, the top beef. Yeah. Oh so I gave God. away a set of. Uh, altered, altered uh, Urnum Jins to the person who brought the highest total cumulative creature power in their main deck. Um, and a guy named Chris showed up and he had 112 total power in his four deck. Four Colossus, four Fire Elementals, four <laughs> Urnum Jins, four Juggernauts. Yeah. I lost that deck too. Yeah. It crushed me. Yeah, it was He's like, Fire Ju Elemental, Juggernaut, 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 Juggernaut. I'm like, I can't. No, I'm dead. <laughs> I just lost. Just, just, just total beat. It was awesome. Killed me. On the other hand, we had players who were trying to game the system. We had Danny show up with a deck full of uh, uh, control Wars. control magic and clones. <laughs> and, and uh, animate deads. Animate too, deads. Terrors and animate deads. Um, yeah, so, you know. Um, but, uh, so, so, you know, sometimes we have events that are just, you know, just trying to be fun. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think that uh, the deck in uh, Chicago... I, I think that there's a bit of a stigma against it here, which I don't, honestly, if I have a criticism of the Chicago environment, it's that you guys shouldn't have so much of a stigma against it. Like, I don't hate it, no, but that's the thing. I just, I'm never going to have enough money. I mean, right now, I'm having a kid in December. I'm not going to have any money to buy friggin' blue cards. So. Does, it doesn't matter. You're already playing the best deck in the format, but, which is Earnham Yeah, it's, it's the, well, hands down, I the best it. deck fun, in so. the format in any meta. <laughs> but, I, I, at least, I don't have a big problem with it. I don't, I just don't like that it is always, I think Danny in the Tuss Toss podcast put it right, like, bring something different, like, come on, like, 
Yeah. Like, get it. Most of the people that are playing the deck are collectors that will play once a year and then that's it. Yeah. It's like, come on. Like, yeah. Whatever. And but, I think uh, also there are there's some benefits to doing that. I mean, you know, my sideboard is geared towards beating the deck and beating Blue Red Burn, you know? And if yeah. you show up, play that deck, my me, I'm going to bring in 10 cards against you and it's going to hurt, you know? Yeah. So. You know, um, I think that's fine. So, and I, oh yeah, you better believe it. I play three hurricanes and a and a king in my board so I can uh, kill serendibs because I'm not dealing with her. Yeah, so with regard to hurricane, I'm gonna just I'm gonna give a little shout out here. So I went to go play with some guys in Santa Cruz. They invited me to come play with them. They're kind of they got a little burgeoning. Santa Cruz MTG the Instagram I follow. Yeah, that's, so I usually post MC post some good stuff. Yeah, Santa Cruz MTG on Instagram is uh, Top on Lockwood. Shout out to Top on, and he uh, he's got a him and his friends. They've got they got a little burgeoning old school crowd there. Uh, very casual, but they invited me down to come play with them. And we were, it was getting late. We were playing at their house, and we played. We were playing four-way, just multiplayer with just regular old-school decks or whatever. That's, I mean, that's kitchen table magic to its core. Yeah, and Topan's Topan's uh, roommate was playing a deck. It was uh, just Naya Zoo, no duels or anything, just just Kurt Apes and Savannah Lines, whatever. But it had four hurricanes. And here I am, casting Mahamodis and Sarah Angels. And just getting wrecked. And just getting wrecked. And after that, I went and bought f- uh, four Alpha Hurricanes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I picked up a place at a beta because I was like, I can't beat Serendip with anything. And then, yeah. yeah. But that's awesome. Um, yeah. And then, so yeah, so the, so the, but the Bay Area's been doing good and just... Yeah, we're growing. We're growing all the time. People are showing up. Um, we have people coming up from San Diego for events. Uh yeah, it's been really good, and the guys out there are great. The guys out there are, um, uh, yeah, they're really simpatico hombres. And, uh, I mean, you know, it's, it's an older crowd. You know, a lot of people have families out there, so they can't get away all the time like out here in Chicago where people just, you know, go play on a Thursday afternoon or whatever. And I think that's beneficial, though, because I like playing, like, whenever I go play Legacy and I'm playing against kids or, like, younger people, I'm like, man, this sucks. I want to play old school because it's a bunch of... Adults playing. Older fellas, yeah. But, yeah, well, that's yeah. good. I mean. Yeah, so, yeah, so there's a bunch of guys out there. Um, uh, we have a pretty good pretty good meta. Um, uh, this guy, Sean, showed up one time. His first first time, he, had, he doesn't really have any new cards. He had a bunch of cards left over when he was a kid. Never bought any cards since then, but they were just sitting in a box. So he showed up with mono red goblins one one event and oh, went yeah. just went five zero just killed everybody. Was that with goblin grenade? <laughs> goblin grenades, Hell yeah. no power, nothing, just just uh, straight red aggro, you know. And uh, we had um, people playing the deck. We had people playing the Sean O'Brien prison deck, and he just just smoked people. So that was um, that was pretty fun, yeah. But um, getting back, yeah. So getting back to the Midwest, um, you know. The, so part, you know, part of what I was doing out in California, I am doing out in California, is trying to build, build these communities. Um, with the Lords of the Pit being the model, um, I think it's very important. Uh, you know, I think what the Lords are doing, both in terms of community building, in terms of uh, raising money for charities, in terms of bringing the magic community together, um, I think it's it's pretty cool. And I want to, I'm trying to, along with Matash and the other guys out there, are trying to build community out in California, but I'm also encouraging people in Oregon and all over the country to try and, and build shout, it. And shout out to Shaman Ben, too, because he's got a good crew up in Michigan, too. Right, so yeah, up do, in Livonia. Up and in he's Livonia. coming down for the tournament, so I'm excited yeah. to meet him finally because he's a super good dude, very encouraging for the, for the people trying to get into the format. Yeah. Um, has multiple cards we can lend out decks, but yeah, no, I yeah. think that's... 
Yeah, so the, the group up in Detroit, uh, Shaman Ben Perry. Sh- yeah, shout out to Shaman Ben. He's That guy is awesome. Um, if you haven't read his blog, you should go check it out. NPG Underground. Oh, my God. It's yeah. like reading a fucking fantasy novel. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah, he's great. He's a great, he's a great writer. Uh, I like playing with him. He's one of, my, one of my spirit links is signed by him. Uh, we just, we, I've had a good time with Shaman Ben. But, yeah, so there's good groups out in Ohio, Detroit. I mean, it's, it's kind of popping up everywhere, and there's this process right now where people are trying to figure out how to organize their clubs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, I was, I was, someone had messaged me out in Maine. They're trying to make their club into, uh, they just, they're, they're trying to create a club, and they're, they voted on a name, the old men, in the, old men of the Sea out in Maine. So, you know, it's, it's, it's grown around the country, and uh, it's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting. And uh, what we're trying to build out here is, a li- is quite a bit different from what the Europeans have, which is, which is great. They've, you know, they've got their tournament, tournament circuit or whatever. We're actually trying to build, you know, pretty centralized c- clubs, you know, just yeah. trying to have a, our communities. And honestly, I'm, I, do, I, I am trying to foster some... Rivalry, because I think a little bit of rivalry is. Kind of rivalry will always, will help drive the absolutely the community gets people excited, you know, <laughs> you know. So you know when the lords like, you know when the lords are trash talking the flying men like that's that's all in good fun, right? It's just it's just to get it's trying yeah, to. We don't curve. really fucking hate anybody. No, We're just, just if you're playing old shit. school. You're on our side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Even the Europeans. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, so, the, yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a really fun ride. I mean, it's only been three years, but it is, it's just totally blown up on this side. It's kind of crazy to see. Even think when I started playing, to meeting you and Shane and Danny, and then now where it is now. Like, we're t- making a, f- a podcast. Yeah. You know, like, yep. it's grown so much, which is super awesome. Yeah, I mean, the, and uh, shout out to Gordon for, for his, his blog, Walk Walk. I mean, it's, you know, he's got the... Um, He's got all the level zero decks on there, so people want to do you know do a little research. It's kind of it's pretty comprehensive and it's easy to navigate, which is uh, a a big plus over Magnus's blog. You know, no shade to Magnus's blog, but um, so yeah, I mean, people are producing great content, which is awesome. That helps know? build it too. And you, when people have somewhere to go to read up on it when they don't know yeah. anybody, that yeah. goes a long way. Because that's even how I I was started reading uh, Magnus's blog. Yeah. I was like, oh man, this is. Awesome, and then that's kind of how I got balled up into this. Mess. Oh, I know, I know. You know, and even Instagram is kind of blowing up. You got all sorts of things going on, on Instagram. You've got mail days. You've got uh, you've got action shots. You've got um, alt card alterations. You know, you got all sorts of stuff going on out there. Or people posting like wacky combos. You know, so you know, there's there's a lot of communication going on in the old school community. You know, yeah. and um, it's it is it is coming together. We, there's certainly like growing pains in the sense that like there's a lot of um, disagreement about rules or how things are supposed to supposed to go or you know what how the organization of tournaments and clubs and so on and so forth. But that's I think that's the process of us kind of sort of coming together. And, I, and respecting those, you know, how people want to play old school is totally up to you, right? Yeah. Which is, you know, that self-determination is really key, I think, to have people having an identity in the, in the organization they're involved in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's kind of the lowdown on the... I kind of want to just get the lowdown on you and the San Francisco Bay scene. Just do a short little thing. I think we're around, like, about 40 minutes. So, I mean, this is just kind of like a little extra bonus episode since we kind of missed recording this last week but I mean a couple ending questions so what's the, the we, we kind of heard about your first deck 
well, what's your favorite deck to play? <laughs> like, if you were to choose, if you could play Thrawn and Island and you had one deck to bring and you could only play that for however long, what would you bring? So I was at Eternal Weekend last year, and I think it was my round three opponent. I can't remember. I can't honestly can't remember who it is off the top of my head. I heard it got pretty rowdy at the yeah. We, Gersh, so. so at Eternal Weekend, we uh, we ran them out of Woodford Reserve. We ran them out of Bullet. <laughs> it was uh, it was pretty. I, I my bill was like three hundred fifty bucks. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, but anyway, um, yeah. So I was, was I think it was my round three opponent, and I sat down. We all had name tags at Eternal Weekend. You know, my name on it. There were how many? There were eighty. Four, I think, showed up. I think we're going to break 100 this year. Oh, I yeah. Know. Oh, easily. Easily break it's 100 this year. Yeah. We're going to have to have find a new venue. So oh, yeah. we'll find out. Jake goes on top of that. So stay posted cool. for that. But yeah, so during my round three, I sat down and my opponent reads my name tag and he goes, Ernum Geddon Dominic? That Dominic? <laughs> <laughs> so people know what I'm playing. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I like, I like B- Bant Fatties. Um, the philosophy behind that deck, and quite honestly, I'm. N- no joke, I honestly think it is the best deck in the format. I think it's better than the deck. It, Nine fatties? Uh, Bant. Bant oh, fatties. fatties. Yeah, so basically, I think Birds of Paradise is criminally underplayed. It's quite a bit better. I will say it's quite a bit better in the uh, Chicago environment because Birds of Paradise is great against Strip Mine. Um, we but, play a lot of it. Yeah. So I, I, the deck is really simple. It's really, really simple. You just play Birds of Paradise, you make as much mana as you can, and you play. Every restricted card. Just play everything good. Make make massive brain geysers and just string restricted cards together. You know, brain geyser recall, regrowth, yeah. and then you got taking turns. Yeah, and then you've got Sarah Angels and Mahamodis to close it out. You know, yeah. and those things close it out better than anything else in the format. I, honestly, I love that deck. It is very good. It is very powerful. Um, so yeah, that's that's always my go-to. Um, I try. I play lots of different stuff. I play. You know, uh, mono black decks and everything like mm-hmm. that. But when it comes to when it, if I need to bring my game, my A game, I've I bring Bant, Bant Fatties. Bant Big Boys. Yeah. BBB. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Well, it was a pleasure. Thanks for taking the time. Thank you I very much for having me. Have to give this to Gordon to edit because I don't know how to do whatever he does. <laughs> um, so thanks for the work, Gordon, to edit this and Dom. Thank you, and hopefully have a good, safe flight back to San Francisco. And I will be out there. Probably within the next year-ish. Hit me up, man. Come play brother, with us. My brother's going to Berkeley full-time. He just, he's guarding out there. So whenever I go out there with my wife, I will tell her to hang out with my brother Absolutely. while I come and sling some Yeah, you got to so. come play with us. Yeah. All right, thank you, Grant, for having me, and thank you, Gordon. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.